Hey guys, it's your girl Etta, also known as the CEO paralegal, author, legal consultant, legal educator, and of course, your host of the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. Join in on the fun by downloading, subscribing, and sharing our content. You can also take your support further by hitting the coin icon on the Let's Talk Paralegal website, where as a thank you, we will provide you with exclusive content, news, and maybe even some swag. So what are you waiting for? Hit pause and share your support now. In this episode, I get to speak with Gail Damiano, coach, keynote speaker, and mental health advocate. Through her own story, she has created a platform within the legal community like no other. We as legal professionals have to deliver not so good news more often than we care to admit. Having your mental health check often helps you to grow yourself, your legal career, and maybe, just maybe, others around you. Listen in for more. Need an extra set of hands for a case that requires a little more investigation work? Check out our proud sponsor of season three, Affirm Investigative Solutions, where you get the tailored and personal care for your case when you need it most. With over 10 years of experience, Affirm Investigative Solutions makes the process easy. Set up a call, develop a plan, and then execute that plan. Affirm Investigative Solutions, the litigation partner that has your back. Welcome, Gail, to the Let's Talk Paralegal podcast. I'm super excited to have you on, especially to speak about mental health in the legal industry in particular and how that really affects our audience, our listeners, and pretty much the entire legal community and for those that we serve, which is really important. So without further ado, Gail, if you'd like to introduce yourself to our awesome audience, go for it. Awesome. Hi, awesome audience. I'm Gail Damiano. I am a coach and I am a founder of what's uh, known as Legal Ease Wellness. I started a pro, I worked in the legal industry for 13 and a half years and I I got out <laughs> and now I work from the outside in. Um, in 2018, I founded Legal Ease Wellness when <clears throat> I was seemingly the only person talking about wellness in the legal industry. I had a lot of people, um, I want to say gave me the cold shoulder because it was a very, in the legal industry, what I got the first few years, uh, and, and as far as responses, when I talked about what I did, and my intention in bringing wellness to the legal community was, oh, <clears throat> uh, we don't talk about our feelings here. And <laughs> I got I got that, actually, that exact quote from one of my former clients, a uh, partner at a law firm. He said, we don't, lawyers don't really talk about our feelings, and we love our happy hours, so maybe you should focus on a different industry. And he wasn't the only one to give me that kind of feedback. So it was really interesting when I started out because I felt like I was a true trailblazer. Like nobody was talking about this specifically at this level with addressing not just lawyers, but paralegals, admin staff, everybody. Um, And my background was in court reporting. I worked in the court reporting world. I learned how to read and write in steno. I was going to be a court reporter and I ended up working in agencies instead. So I worked in uh, the background of that field and in sales. And so I got to know that industry. And 
the legal services industry. So there's a huge amount of people, not just lawyers that are in the legal world that I was, that I'm here with Legalese Wellness trying to help. So um, I'm going off on a tangent, but that's me. But my number one, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a coach. What I'm calling myself right now is a whole life transformation coach. And I mostly work one-on-one with people who are business owners or executives who have a career trajectory. And a lot of them are in the legal field. And with Legal Ease Wellness, I've been, I just finished a, a, a contract with a law firm that was um, <clears throat> where I was coaching their team one-on-one um, confidentially. And I also was helping them develop a wellness program, which was really fun, interesting, exciting. And um, I'm, I'm glad I had that experience. So my my bread and butter is coaching one-on-one and I love speaking. So I do keynotes and I do workshops and things like that because I have a wealth of knowledge and I've been in, working in the industry for a long time and with the industry. And um, I'll talk to anybody who's ready to hear the conversation actually, but the legal industry was like where I really cut my teeth and I was in there for, for a number of years. So I have a lot of connections there. And dear to I my love heart. it. And I think you do it because you understand the the way they think, right? Because legal professionals, I, I work outside the legal industry for quite some time, especially, well, for the last five years, because when you network, you have to network with everyone. You don't just yes, network yes. within your community. So mm-hmm. um, I've learned that legal professionals are very particular when it comes to the way they think, the way they analyze, and they're very logical. Half mm-hmm. of them are perfectionists at heart, type A personalities, super organized. Like that's like the typical, right? And more well, generalized. Ideally, yeah. believe it or not, they're not all super organized. <laughs> no, I was going to say, and I'm just like, you know, that's like what no. people think, you know, oh, and then okay, you yeah. actually meet them and it's like, mm. <laughs> you're just a regular person. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, honestly, that's my, always been my approach. Like, uh, um, you know, a, a lawyers are people too. Yes. Paralegals are human beings. And you shared a little bit of a story with me earlier about how your, uh, how your job as legal professionals or paralegals, I don't know if you were a paralegal when this happened, where you had to give somebody really yes, bad news. Yes. Okay. You have to give people really bad news sometimes. And you have very strict deadlines. You have people who have different personalities who are uh, hmm, I don't know, hovering or giving different feedback that can feel very, very pressure oriented and stressful. And not to mention when we, especially when we worked in offices, all of the people that you had to share an office with that have totally different personalities, this person's eating at their desk very loudly. This person's playing a video game at, I don't know, whatever, not this person never does their job, whatever the thing is, we all have to work in these situations and realize and figure out how to work amongst each other with different personalities. And we take it home with us. Mm. There is no work life like different. It's all life. You know, we just have to learn how to truly balance, you know, put our attention on what really means the most to us. So it's not like when I first started working in the industry, I had a boss who was very, it was essential that we we, 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 when we hung our, it was, how did he say it? I think it was like, when you hang your coat up on the hook, when you get here, you hang up your hat. That's like, you leave your personal life at the door with your hat and your coat kind of thing. And it's business. And then, you know, but it, it was, it was more like that was said and kind of projected, but that was never what that person showed us. So Hmm. it's like, okay, I have this person who's telling me I have to not bring my personal life to work, but that's all they keep 
telling us about is their own personal life. So it's like, there's no, it's always been blurred. And now with COVID, everybody works from home. We're in each other's living rooms. There's, we are human beings having these experiences. And yes, many people that I work with are lawyers and many of them are paralegals and, uh, and admin and salespeople, all kinds of people in the legal industry. But yes, very analytical. It's um, a lot of times it's like, this is really great, interesting things that you're saying. Can you show me a graph of how this, (laughs) what's the trajectory of this? And can you show me, you know, what's the return on investment? And okay, fine. I'll put all that together for you. And then you get to experience it. And then you can add to all of those results at the end. So it's like, it's very, it's very interesting doing this work. I love it. I love it. I know. And it, it just really, it depends on people, right? So you were talking, we were talking earlier in another conversation we had, because thankfully I've had the pleasure to have several conversations with you. But um, we were talking about how like trauma, our own trauma, our own griefs, our own personal life, like that's really hard to separate. Like when we've lost a loved one, for example, or when we're going through some health issues, whether it's mental, physical, or both at some time, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you said that about leaving your personal life, that, I mean, that's hard, right? Like that, how do you, you, like, how is that even a realistic expectation to even right. set in your culture? Right. It's, it, it, it was, um, I'm going to put it this way, an old school way of thinking mm-hmm. an old school teaching. It's very much like you are who you are at work. And you are who you are at home, like behind closed doors. Like you are, have a different personality at home then you do at work. You show up at work, you put on a face of, I'm a professional, la, 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 la. I go home, I cry in my car, whatever. Okay. (laughs) You know, because you have to emote that somewhere or people go home and, you know, get angry or have drinking problems or a million things because they're not dealing with natural human emotions. Mm. And Interestingly, like I mentioned in 2018, when I started Legalese Wellness, I was like flying out there solo, but over the years, and especially since COVID, there's been a ton of things popping up, lawyers helping lawyers and all these, the lawyer depression project. And there's um, the ALA um, has the big, uh, I've drawn a blank right now. There's a ton of stuff right now. There's a lot of people focusing on lawyers and um, a lot of former lawyers who are now coaches. Okay. People are, are learning and there's a um, there's an interest in bringing the mental wellness and the mental well-being conversation to the legal industry because it's so needed. And there's still a lot of old school thinking that we don't need this. Don't talk to us. We're fine. Um, we're just going to keep um, leaning on our our lawyers like we always have and expecting these billable hours like we always have because that's what we've always done and we don't talk about our feelings because that's what we've always done and mm-hmm. so I'm still seeing a lot of that and I'm seeing this upswell of in, of of different organizations and people stepping up and saying no you know it's okay to have conversations about mental wellness in the legal field it's okay to talk about depression if you're a lawyer it's okay to have these conversations because people weren't before so now it's this kind of a wave happening where it's very interesting uh, and and necessary. Um, anyway, so no, I love it. I'm I'm very passionate about it. Obviously, I dedicated a whole chapter on inner preparation on my own book that I wrote because I feel like it's important. Um, and you also, I, I guess, as a business owner, I think about business a lot different 
Um, a lot of people don't realize that a law firm is a business, just like anything else. It has to run just like a business. Um, the only thing is the majority of law firms are ran by lawyers, which are not trained as business owners in law school. You know, they have to go above and beyond and get a business degree or coaching or whatever it is to really figure out how to actually run a business, right? So we forget that they are lawyers that opened a business so that they can, you know, I guess, uh, I guess surpass whatever they wanted, you know, for their legal degree um, and flourish. But now they have all these other issues. So like high turnover is always a big one, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, when your best um, produced employee, you know, the one that gives you the best product no longer is giving it to you. That's a red flag. Like why? What happened? You know, where where did we go wrong? Where did we, you know, these are questions that I think as a business owner, I ask myself too, right? Like, I'm like, okay, what's going on? You know, like, I really have to like step, take a step back and actually really think about that. So walk us through that process when you actually go and actually do your consulting and your coaching and your training on like a couple of red flags, uh, obviously, other than the ones I just mentioned, but you know, there's always going to be like a common thread, right? People hire you for a reason for problems, so really highlight those so that they can get a better understanding that this is something that they need to pay attention to. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because this is a, in, the timing for this conversation that we're having is really interesting to me because um, my business legalese wellness is actually, I'm pivoting in a big way hmm. because I've been working as a coach um, since 2013. I was, I was doing it behind the scenes and on my own almost five years now. And it's um, really surpassing my and um, I've worked with Legalese Wellness. I've always been doing that, but it's interesting because more people come to me for coaching independently. So I work with one-on-one co- people. So right now it's interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm having this conversation with you and what I do with Legalese Wellness is actually going to merge. I'm, I'm merging all of my superpowers and I'm just going to start showing up as Gail Damiano, that Legalese Wellness as an entity is going to, I don't know, somebody else can buy it or something, but <laughs> I, I am, I am open to the signs of the universe. And I understand what's happening when I keep getting invited for my work, not for as legally as well as people reach out to me independently every time. So yes, I'm like, okay. Yes. Including myself. Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> I didn't even know about legalese wellness until we had a conversation. So it's, yeah, it's, it, it was, it was a great idea initially. Uh, it's still a great idea. It's a, I, you know, I, I designed the logo. It came to me in a meditation. It's like divinely, it was perfect timing at then. And it still led me to where I am now, which is still working with law firms. And I'll tell you what I do in a second, but I feel like I just need to kind of bring this path together. So me going forward is gaildamiano.com, Gail Damiano, everything. <clears throat> and legalese wellness is, um, I don't know. We'll see what shows up with that. <laughs> I like, I just worked with this. Even to the universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whoever. I'm actually having conversations with people who might want to buy it. And that's fine. Um, because if there's people that want to put the the time, the energy, the money and build the, the platforms the way I really intended to do, but I never really did. Cause they got pregnant and everything. I'm like, forget it. Um, it's been a really great experience for me. And I just am taking my, <clears throat> my science that this is I'm being invited from me every time. So I'm just going to follow that path. And that's what's showing up. So what I do for law firms is people reach out to me for um, the training that I've done. The last training I did was a, via a keynote uh, that I did at Tam- in Tampa with the Tampa Bay Paralegal Association, where I taught um, these habits that I developed. It's called Six Habits 
the six habits to access your highest self. And the way I developed these habits was through sobriety. I got, I'll be sober six years in February. And yes, so that's a big conversation in the industry. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people don't talk about their drinking because they are hiding it like I did. And like many, many people do. And they are in denial, like I was, and like many, many people are, and they're just not ready to look at it yet. But there's always some people that are, and there's always people that even if they're not ready to look at it, they can hear the message and know that they're not alone. So that's a big part of it is managing your depression, managing your anxiety and stress levels with drinking and what it, what it looks like when it becomes a problem, what it looks like internally, what it looks like externally. Um, a lot of times warning signs are, um, uh, people become less interested in, and this is not always, but it does show up in certain places in their appearance. Some people, they, they get more messy. They let things go, stop doing their hair. Maybe, you know, maybe they stop caring if their socks match, things like that. Little like that. Their desks are extremely messy, dusty, like not even like cleaning a space and their cars and their homes are this way. It's cobwebs everywhere. Um, you know, food crusted on surfaces, things that they just let go because Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to matter to them. Those are big red flags. If I go to somebody's house and I'm like, "Mm, uh, you know, how much beer is in your fridge? Because (laughs) this looks like you're drinking a lot. You know, it's, it's, it's an, um, it's an assumption. I will say it is an assumption on that, uh, at that level, but it's a, it's a, it's a red flag to keep your eyes and your ears open and your heart open to see if this person actually is crying for help in that way. You know, it's just some, one of those things that a lot of people don't talk about the letting things go. You start to let things go because yeah, the yeah. more you get into it, the more you feel like you have it, you still have it under control mm-hmm. because you've gone so long, but the truth is you you're starting to show you're starting to show. Okay. Um, the other thing is that um, the way people talk, they tell you who they are. They tell you how they're dealing with their emotions. If they joke a lot about, I'm so stressed out, I'm just going to eat a whole pie. Okay. It's a joke. <laughs> no, it's not. It's really not. I'm not here to sh- to like shit on all your comedy. I'm here to say, you're telling me a half truth. You're telling me the truth. The truth is that you stressed out a lot. And the half truth, the lie is that you're going to eat a whole pie and it's a joke. The joke is the half truth. But we do that, especially women. Men do it too. But women really like to throw a joke at themselves to make themselves feel, you know, it's not funny. <laughs> and absolutely. when you start hearing people joking about themselves, their personal, like their their personal selves and their their mannerisms and stuff, that's a red flag. Like, okay, that's usually hiding some kind of a depression or um uh, low self-worth mm-hmm. which can also- <laughs> I was just gonna say self-worth um I know women in particular especially after motherhood um yes. go through a lot yes. of that postpartum depression <laughs> oh, yes yeah, so yes, ma'am. yes ma'am also yeah my kid's gonna be three in like five days and that first that first year the first six months but the first year was like who am I <laughs> I know, I know exactly what you're going through. Trust me. I on that. So I got you, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, could, we could do a whole episode on that. So um, you know, the um I would say that you asked about red flags, red flags would be those those kinds of things. Listen to how people talk about themselves. Hmm. Listen to how people talk about others. Um, one of the big lessons that I teach, and ever almost every single client I've ever had, this comes up, actually every client. 
there's always homework somewhere in the work to remove gossip from their mm -hmm. from their experience. No more gossiping. Now, sometimes people are like, I don't think I can do that. Well, because there's a lot there, you know, gossiping is what gossiping is when we're talking about somebody who's not in the room to defend themselves essentially, or that they're, you're saying something about someone who's not there. Right. And it's usually in a negative light or something like that. Absolutely. So when we're doing that, it's not, and sometimes people say it this way, oh, I would tell this person if they were here, but you know, blah, 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 blah. If I had that color of a sweater I would never wear it with that skin tone I don't know some stupid thing but you understand that <clears throat> gossip is a very low vibrational conversation it's coming at a conversation about somebody who's not there and usually talking about them in a negative light which means really nothing about that person it means more about the person who's speaking the gossip always and that is also a conversation in low self-worth mm. And insecurity. I always feel like and insecurity is tied together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like that's always a, a big thing. Um, when I, I mean, I have family members as well, but when I was working in the office, there was always the gossiper, the, the work mom. What is it? That whole meme, right? That in the oh, office space, that. you'll have like a work mom, you'll have the gossiper, you'll have the know-it-all, you'll have the oh. perfectionist. So there's like this big meme out there that um, I was looking yeah, at on LinkedIn, but uh, definitely. I, I, and I always say that I think life is about 90% about reaction, um, uh -huh. how you react to situations and how you handle say, situations too. But. I would say respond how you, well, you react or you respond. Yeah. React is almost like knee jerk. Like, oh, I just said you're a jerk, you know, but what I really meant to say is I'd like to respond in this way. I teach that all, I call it pattern interruption because we have these patterns of ways of thinking, of ways of doing. Like this happens, I do this. This happens, I do this, right? Yeah. If this happens, you're a jerk. <laughs> no. mm. If it, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, a, it, with everything, with everything. I mean, especially addiction. Coming out of addiction, it's huge. Yeah. So it's, you know, um, around cigarettes specifically, I just had a call with somebody about helping them quit smoking. So it's, you know, when the phone rings, I look for a cigarette. When I am about to do a task, I wait and I go, I'm going to have a cigarette first. Um, when some, when I get bad news, I want a cigarette. When I get good news, I want a cigarette, you know, like what are the triggers that, that for you that make you want to do it? But it's also, that's, that's where you go automatically because that's what you're trained, training yourself to do because it's your excuse to go do this thing, which there's a whole bunch hiding behind that really like internally that we have to flush out. Uh, and the way that you get to get to it is by interrupting patterns of thinking and, and like, okay, I want a cigarette. Wait, no, no, I don't. I'm going to do this other thing. Okay. That's one way. The other thing is, for example, um, the gossip thing. I teach people this all the time. If you catch yourself, when you catch yourself gossiping, saying something about someone who isn't there in the room, uh, or that cannot hear you you're saying, oh, you know whatever, you know, you're saying something about someone. Okay. Oh, uh, that person smells like onions, know, rotten eggs, onions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Too bad that person smells so bad. I don't know. Um, you can stop yourself. Even after you've said a whole sentence, it's not too late. Even after you've said a sentence and somebody else responded, you can say, wait a minute, I'm working on this thing. I don't want to gossip. So I'm going to stay that in a different way. 
and then you can reframe it. You know, that's interrupting your ways of thinking. And it gets faster and faster and faster the more you train every, every constantly thinking about it. Um, another way I teach that is through, um, through truth <laughs> because we lie. And one way is that one way that we lie most, what I'm going to air quote unintentionally <clears throat> until we realize we are intentional, um, is through embellishing. Hmm. So when we say things like, and there's a place for embellishment in telling a story and it's leading the, the reader on or the listener on to through the storytelling. It's another way when you constantly are embellishing, you're, you think you're embellishing, but you're, it's everything you say, like, wait a minute, is that actually true? The, the one ex, ex, example I give is, oh, that car was going a million miles an hour. Okay, <laughs> wait a minute, hold on, stop. That car was not going a million miles an hour. That car was going like 25, but in this zone, it seemed really fast. Okay. It's not as exciting when I stop myself and say, oh, 25, but it's true. So I get to go, wait, no, I'm not going to let myself get away with this again. It's actually this. Right. And you can stop yourself mid-sentence after the sentence already comes out of your mouth, interrupt your thought pattern, interrupt your speaking, reframe, say it again from truth and everything changes everything changes everything changes yeah anyway so I love it I love it what was the question again I'm just everywhere no no that's great I actually took notes so that we can put it in the uh, show notes so that people can actually um, grasp those concepts um but I was really interested in those what was it six habits to what Uh, six habits to access your highest self which is yeah when I speak of your highest self it's like the you that has your best interest in mind Mm. This you that's connected to to spirit, God, the universe, and everything, the you that's um, behind the ego, mm. and that's who I work with when I work with people. I say exactly. I'm wa- I'm working with your highest self. I'm not working with your ego. Mm-hmm. So your ego is going to want to fight me a little bit, and mm-hmm. that's okay. That's so nice. we'll find we'll 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 point at it when it comes to it. So um, it's a lot. Um, it's it's amazing work. So the six habits are, yeah, I mean, I can, well, let me see here. I can, <laughs> I can tell you them, but would I be giving anything away? No, I don't know. Um, let's see. Well, you know, I've given, yeah, well, I've given, I've given the talk in different ways. I gave, I used to teach, I, I was teaching it as a six week, week course. Okay. At one point I, um, did it as a keynote and I taught six habits in there. And within that conversation in the keynote, I do this, I tell my story about alcoholism and sobriety and workaholism and how paralegals are also workaholics. And you know, you kind of, you have to be right. So, um, yeah, I can tell you. That speaks a lot about boundaries. You know, I it took me a while to learn, because everybody's like set boundaries and I'm like, but what does that mean? You know, like I, I'm, I'm an analytical person. Give me grass. Ah, right. So it's like, what, what are boundaries? Right. Like oh. everybody's like, you need to set boundaries. That's good. This and you need to do that. I'm like, yes, but okay. One, what are boundaries? Two, mm-hmm. how do I set them? And three, how do I even know if I'm following my own boundaries? Right. There were so many questions mm-hmm. that I had when it came to this mystical creature of boundaries and then when I finally realized oh no I'm hurting myself 
Uh, no, I can't record a podcast at eight o'clock at night just because it's convenient for you. Uh, that's when I'm doing bedtime with my children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I read this amazing book by Christy Wright, Take Back Your Time. And she talks about that. That's one of her like concepts there about how, um, you know, you have to set boundaries, but you have to stick to them. Right. Because oh, yes. it's like a goal. Like everybody sets goals, but then they don't set steps in order to accomplish those goals. And then they're wondering why their goals have never been accomplished, why their bank account is not where they want it to be, why their life is not where they want it to be. And it's like, okay, you're so busy making excuses and obstacles and everything else that you're not really setting, you know, a, a roadmap, right? So there's, yeah, there's a couple of things in that too. I'm sorry. Do you mind if I... No, no, that? go ahead. I want you to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, for sure. Say. Yeah, there's... um couple of things in there. Number one, people give up because they forget how much power they have and they mm. give up on themselves halfway through, not even halfway through, right at the beginning. Usually. Yeah. Most entrepreneurs don't, most <laughs> entrepreneurs don't make it to five years. I mean, maybe two, like they, they get frustrated. It's a sweat lot of work. Sweat, sweat and tears, sweat and tears. Yes. <laughs> so they give up on themselves because they don't have accountability. Mm. When you have boundary setting and you have all these goals and you have all this stuff that you want to do, sure, stick it to your wall as a list. And then what? Right. <laughs> you know, call your mom. You can uh, call your best friend. You can. And the truth is, and, and that's where people like you come in, you help people get to what they, their results, right? People mm-hmm. hire me to get to the results. And I know oh, that's what you asked. I'm like, I know there's a question. You asked me how my, how my, what my process was. Okay. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, <laughs> But that's it. That's truly it. Accountability. And that's accountability is one of the six habits. Like find an accountability partner. You okay. have to have an accountability person. It's either a coach or a best friend or uh, a, your your spouse, but it's got to be an agreement and it's got to be, you know, pinky square drawn in blood. No, <laughs> uh, it's really everybody's got to come full heart and uh, full truth. And the thing is, with, if it's if it's a spouse, it, it can be. It can be iffy. I mean, I've tried to have my spouse as an accountability partner and him with me and it doesn't really Mm-mm. work out. So my opposite. So no, that's not happening. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I do, I, I, I do want to um, answer your question from earlier where you said, what's my process? How do I work with clients? So um, the offerings that I, that I, that I'm doing now with law firms and um, clients is I am, I am allowing, um, speaking engagements to be number one. Like I will come do a workshop at your already scheduled program retreat or whatever weekend web seminar thing. And I, because I love that. I love doing that. I love speaking to audiences. I love sharing what I do. I love transforming people right in front of my eyes and allowing them to find it themselves. is like magical. And then the other thing is I am helping um, law firms or organizations plan uh, retreats. And I'm in conversations with with one firm right now about that. Like, what would it look like to do a wellness-based day or two days retreat for the firm, for the partners, for the the whole firm? Like, we're looking at the different options. And I said, well, I've got a giant network and I would love to put a bunch of professionals together and just make a super awesome event for you guys and throw some CLEs in there to, you know, cherry on top. And so that's what I'm doing mostly. Um, I was doing coaching in law firms. And although it's 
highly beneficial. The it it's not it's not I'm not in love with it anymore because my biggest impact, and I have to be honest with myself as a business owner, if you're not loving it, something has to you have to tweak something, right? So what where my heart is is in um high impact transformational work. That's what I do. I, I work with people for six months at a time, one-on-one, and there's like magic. It, it's hard work and it's worth every second. And so that's what I teach. And so that's where I'm focusing now. So if anybody in the firm, when I do the talks and things like that, wants to work with me independently, then I will talk to them about being my client, see if it's a match, all that. My but, um, and in this last, this last firm that I worked with, I helped them develop a wellness program. and they decided to do something else. Um, and that's fine. Everybody can do that. So after that experience, I'm like, I'm really good at this, but I'm not in love with it. So I'm going to do the thing I'm in love with, which is coaching and speaking and helping people with events. That's it. So that's what I do now. This firm brought me in to, to do that, to coach and to help them develop a wellness program. And I did that. And it's like rave reviews. I'm so excited. I can't wait to be able to post about it. And, you know, we just had our exit conversation today and it was wonderful and we can't look wait to do the next thing which is hopefully retreats next year and so that's what I'm doing now I'm open to having conversations if there's a law firm out there that wants to talk to me about consulting with their firm I don't generally I don't want to consult if they want to bring me in to speak I'll do that period I'm like this is so brand new I'm like no wait I don't want to do that what I want to do is I'll come in and I'll teach a, you know, workshop. I've done almost every talk I've done. Almost every talk I've done has been able to been, be run through a CLE for a, a well-being credit or whatever it's called. I don't even know because mm-hmm. I don't do it. I said, if you can do the CLE thing, that's on you. I'll bring the, I'll bring the impact. Okay. That's what I do. So that's what I do. So I'm happy to talk to you or anybody that's, that wants to get into this on a deeper level because I'm full of info. I love it. I love it. You are, you are definitely a tank (laughs) of information and you just bring it every time. So uh, I really enjoy that. And I enjoy that you talk about such a subject that, you know, I know the ABA American Bar Association is getting with the wellness pledge. And like you said, there's other um, organizations that are also pulling through. There's a lot of CLEs on this subject. Um, Like you were saying, I even created one that's like half wellness and half um, like management because mine was like mind management, time management and caseload management. So they kind of like, it was like two CLEs, but like one was on wellness and one was in general. So Um, you know, it's really nice that they are open to that, first of all, right? Because before that was not, it was unheard of. Like you said, nobody wanted to talk about their emotions. And Mm -hmm. I hope like everybody doesn't think this is like a kumbaya moment. Um, And, and you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I need you guys to be like the realist that you are and understand that there are other things that are happening and that you really need to understand your Mm -hmm. thoughts because they create your reality, which then creates the rest of it. So <laughs> yeah, to yeah. understand the importance of that, uh, whether you're running a business, whether you're a nine to five or whether you are a 1099 W2, wherever you're at in your career, your mind is what runs the rest. So understanding mm-hmm. that your mental health is as important as your physical health um, for not only you, for everybody else. So depending on what responsibilities you have outside of your career, um, it'll affect everybody else. And your business is not going to grow your career or your bank account. It's not going to grow until you grow. 
So on that note, I want to say thank you, Gail, for all this information. It was amazing. I took a lot of notes, so I'll put it in the show notes. I will add the links that you sent me as well so that um, the audience can connect with you in a deeper level and hopefully it'll be a prosperous relationship from here on out, right? Yeah, happy to do it again. This was fun. Awesome. Thanks, Gail. You're welcome. Until Jessica served, I'll be here. Bye, guys. Do you see decline in productivity, lack of motivation, or even high turnover at the law firm? This is probably because there is a lack of tools and training. Maybe you are seeking to enhance your skills and knowledge. Look no further than Eda Rosa LLC, your premier provider of law firm staff training services and legal education for all legal professionals. At Eda Rosa LLC, we understand the importance of continuous learning in the legal field. That's why we offer comprehensive training programs designed to empower your team with the latest legal insights and strategies. Eda Rosa speaks both lawyer and paralegal, which provides her with the edge you need to get your staff where they need to be. Whether you are looking to sharpen your skills, stay up to date on industry trends, Eda Rosa LLC has the resources you need to succeed. Our flexible training programs can be customized to fit your firm's unique needs and schedule, ensuring minimal disruption to your day-to-day operations. Say goodbye to outdated training methods and hello to cutting-edge legal education with Edarosa LLC. Contact us today to learn more about how we can help you and your firm thrive in today's ever-changing legal landscape. Click the link below and schedule your 15-minute chat today.